Let's try that again. Good morning and Merry Christmas. <laughs> there we go. We are thrilled that you are here with us uh, this Christmas Eve morning. Uh, kids, where's kids? Can I, can I hear the kids? Here? Kids, are, are you awake? Are you out there? If your kids say, Merry Christmas. Okay, I don't know about you, but um, you may have forgotten, but tomorrow is a big day. Christmas, what's tomorrow? Ah, tomorrow is Christmas. It is a big day, and especially for us Christians, believers in Jesus Christ, it is a big day. And this is this Christmas day marks the culmination of a journey that we've been taking the last three to four weeks, and we have now arrived to Christmas Eve. Our journey has been one of an advent as we await the coming of the baby, the Messiah, Jesus Christ. But what marks us as Christians, what marks Christianity above any other religion is this. Not only has our Savior come, but he will come again. He will come a second time to fulfill God's purposes, to redeem and restore all things to himself. That's the good news we have while we wait in this present darkness that a second light, Jesus Christ, will come again. And so, all along the way these last several weeks, the star has guided us to what we pray and what we hope for is to Jesus. And we have seen the star lead us to a hope. A hope that will not fade. A hope that will not disappoint. That even... In the midst of darkness, and I could be mistaken, but I know that many of us here have been in seasons in the past or even in the present, seasons of darkness. That even in the midst of darkness, God gives us hope for an eternal future in relationship with God Almighty. When we pass this earth and we leave this earthly body, that there is hope that there is a future through his son Jesus. And this hope, again, shines brightest in darkness. Don't believe me, after church, while it's still light out, if we get out early enough, <laughs> kidding. When you go out, look up to the sky, and I doubt, I doubt you'll be able to see many stars. Why? It's because it's still light out. But tonight, Christmas Eve, before you go to bed, have mom and dad, grandma, grandpa, take you outside and look into the deep, dark sky and look at the brightest of lights. The lesson here in that, and even in the Christmas story, as the light of the star of Bethlehem guided people to Jesus, is the darker the night, the brighter the light. The darker your season of life is, of feeling discouraged and depressed, and maybe you're wrestling in relationships, a marriage, finance, whatever it is, your dark season can be that where you see the light of Christ the brightest. But you have to let Him in. That's the, that's, that's the, the hope that the star leads us to. The second thing that we see is the star leads us to a love, and that love allows us to experience that unconditional accepting love that only comes from God. This is a love that was present 
before even the creation of the world. This love has been around for a long time, and this love is, ain't going anywhere. This love traded the throne in heaven, and God came down to earth to be with the sinful man and to rescue us through his son, Jesus. That is a love worth pursuing. God's love, some of you need to hear this this Christmas Eve morning. God's love is so deep for you. It's so wide, it's so rich, it's so long, it's so high. This love will never fail. You can't shake this love. You can't be torn away from this love. And this love will never leave us or forsake us. That's why we can have hope is because of his love. And thirdly, the light of the star leads us to Jesus, but it leads us to hope, love, and joy. We can have joy even in the darkest of nights, even in the most difficult circumstances, we can have joy. I know that sounds foreign to some of us, but that is the joy of the gift of salvation through Christ. Joy is not based on our feelings or our circumstances. Because of the good news that came for us, on Christmas and is still available to us, we can have joy despite all the difficult stuff that we personally go through, despite the darkness in our world, in the communities around us, with everything going on. We can still have joy. Why? Because joy is not happiness. Joy is not based on our feelings. Joy is not based on our circumstances. Joy is not even based on what people do to you or say to you. Joy is based on who this baby was, who this Messiah is, and who this Jesus is to come. That's where our joy is grounded. If it's grounded in anything else, it's not pure joy. Because there is only one pure joy, and that is found in the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus Christ. Jesus said, before he left this earth, he said, I have come to give you life and joy abundantly. The question is, will you grab a hold of it? Will you choose to have that joy that only Christ gives in this season and in 2008 and beyond? It's your choice. That's why God loves us so much as he gives us a choice. And lastly, the star leads us to peace. A peace that passes all understanding. Some of you may be present here or watching on live stream and you're just saying, you know, I don't know what that peace is like. Can I encourage you? I searched and I was a believer. I've been a believer for 30 some years. And I searched for 20 years to grab a hold of that peace. And searched and searched and searched and finally found it by letting go of myself, my insecurities, and really embrace who Jesus was. That peace can be yours. But you need to understand what peace is before you can receive it. Peace is an inner sense of contentment and quietness regardless of your circumstances. Are, are you hearing an echo in this room? 
You know why? What's cool about it is everything that the star leads to, hope, love, joy, and peace, are all beyond our human emotions and feelings. They're grounded in who Christ is. So it's an inner sense of contentment and quietness, regardless of your circumstances. It is a steadfast confidence in who? Yourself? No. It's a steadfast confidence in the Almighty Father, who is ever faithful, never changing, the same today, yesterday, and forever. That's why we can have peace. The prophet Isaiah in the Old Testament, in the book of, imagine this, Isaiah, chapter 9. This is a, a stream of the prophets. And Isaiah uh, is one of the first here. And he is speaking to the birth of the Savior, the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And you know how cool God is? This prophecy was spoken over 700 years before Jesus ever came in human form found in a manger bed. 700 years. And you can even research for yourself, see the over 100 prophecies given about Jesus. And every single one came to pass. That is phenomenal. And the Prince of Peace came so that we would have peace. Unto us a child is born. To us a son is given. Why do you think we give gifts on Christmas? It's to reflect what was given to us. Imagine that. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. You need a counselor this season? A comforter? The Almighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Can you do me a favor this Christmas Eve? Just say those last three words with me. Ready? Prince of Peace. Mm. Wow. True peace, the peace that only Jesus gives us does not necessarily dull the pain. A person who has genuine godly peace can endure an avalanche of hardship and difficulty and still enjoy an inner peace that surpasses all human understanding. Why? Why? Because it's not from pleasant circumstances, nice things that people say about us or how our day is going. It's not even based on the holiday season as everyone gets so cheerful for Christmas and then the new year hits and suicide goes through the roof. Depression, discouragement, anxiety, and loneliness is because we're living and riding the wave of human feelings and culture. The only wave to ride, friends, is the sturdy, solid wave, the cornerstone, Jesus Christ, who will never fail us. You see, feelings are temporal. Happiness is temporal. The peace that the world gives is temporal. But the peace that the Prince of Peace gives is supernatural. It's not of your own doing. It's of 
the Spirit. By the way, I said this uh, first service as well. You want to experience people who have inner peace and are still going through hell, darkness, and struggle. I want to invite you to come out on Tuesday nights to CR. Celebrate recovery. These people have experienced true peace, true joy, true love, and true hope. Why? Because they understand that their identity is not in their habits, in their hurts, and in their hang-ups. Their identity is in this Messiah who came for us. That's what brings that joy, love, hope, and peace. The question is, to all of you, young and old, will you receive that peace and the Prince of Peace that brings it? And if you will receive it, will you allow that peace to reign in your hearts? Because it can change and will change your life. And to give just a, a brief illustration, you know me, I'm a creative guy, a theater guy, and uh, I like visual, visual aids. Hel helps me understand, but it also keeps me from being distracted. So hopefully this will help with some of you um, if you're like me. And so I want to illustrate to you this Christmas Eve how this hope that we talk about that Jesus brought that first Christmas and still offers to us today, how his love and how his joy and how his peace can truly change our lives. And it has been the story from the beginning of time. This is nothing new to God. So in the beginning, in the beginning was God. In the beginning was God. God, the Father, almighty over all, all-powerful, all-knowing, all-present, all-perfect, all-holy all and blameless, and all-good. In the beginning was God, the Son, Jesus Christ. For through Him and for Him, all things were made, and He was before all creation. And by him all things hold together. Think about that. When you look at the moon some night. In the beginning was God, the Holy Spirit. The mighty, dynamite, dynamic presence of the almighty God. And in the beginning, God made the heavens and the earth, everything was pure, perfect, blameless, complete perfection, unity, and balance. Imagine that. And then God decided to have relationship with humankind, and he created man and woman perfectly, without blemish, holy, set apart for God alone. They were given authority and the blessing from God to reign over all creation, to be in complete perfection and oneness of relationship with God. No sin. No disunity, no division. Perfect, wonderful unity with God. 
And then we see the snake, Satan himself, which I will not get into the story of how he fell from heaven and to earth, but he was after his own glory. And he decided to declare war against the kingdom of God and heaven. Even though he knew there was no chance in, to win. The adults got that. But he still wanted to make it difficult for God. And so he attacked what is most precious to God himself. And you parents can relate. His children. Want to get at a parent? You can say all you want to them. You can do whatever you want to them, but you mess with their children. You better run. Right, dads? So sin came into the picture. Why? Because Satan knew the mind of man. Doesn't know everything. But knew the mind of man. And he began to take the truth of God the truth that will stand and last forever. And he took the truth of God and he perverted it into a lie. And he had Eve and Adam believe that if they would just resist and rebel from what God said, that they would be God when they already were after his own image. And they believed a lie and they fell into sin. The devil took what was perfect and holy and blameless and perverted it into rebellion, selfishness, brokenness, sin, and darkness. So the rest of the Old Testament, I know some of you just really have a hard time reading the Old Testament because it's all these rules and these laws and all this crazy stuff, and it just doesn't make sense. This illustration might just bring a little bit of understanding because the rest of the Old Testament after Genesis is all about God pursuing his people to say, come back to me. Return from your foolish ways and return to me. But the problem is, is they didn't know how to return to him. And so guess this, God did something incredible, which we probably read the Old Testament, and we don't think it's incredible. He gave us the Ten Commandments. He gave us the law. Some of you are saying, how is that love? God loves us, right? Why would he give us rules? Well, kids, your parents love you, and they don't give you any rules. God loves us so much that he wanted to show us our darkness. You see, you can't see anything when it's dark. And so God gave us his wonderful, compassionate, merciful law. Why? To show us darkness. So the rest of the Old Testament, God is so loving and he gives us this, but they just keep failing and failing, and failing, and failing, and failing, and failing, and never can reach that point of pure relationship to where they can't see anything at all. They're lost. They're broken. They're confused. They're hopeless. They can't know their left from their right. But. Gave his only son, the light of the world, to come in the most lowly, humble of ways, to be like us, to walk like us, but without sin. And through the power of the presence of God, 
and for the joy that you and I were to his heart. He endured suffering of all kinds. He was betrayed. He was beaten. He was bruised and crushed for our sins. The light of the world. But he had to do it to crush the serpent's head and defeat death, defeat sin, defeat hell once and for all. The grave didn't hold him. Sin didn't hold him. And your mess would never hold him down. The lie of the world has come. God loves you so passionately, so wonderfully, that he brings light as the lights come up to our lives. He brings the light that will never fade. And all we have to do is receive that light. So now do you see how incredible it is that God placed a light in the sky to lead the wise men and the shepherds and everyone to the light of the world. You see, he was referring to Jesus of what Jesus was going to do, where Jesus says in John chapter 10, he says, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. Those who love me will never walk in darkness again, but will have the light of life. You see, for all who believe in the Son, Jesus Christ, and receive him, have life and life abundantly. And here's the cool thing, is because Jesus died and paid your penalty, what man tried for so long to get rid of that sin, no matter what they did, no matter what sacrifice they brought, it was never good enough because they were stained with sin. But God, because he loved us, removed the sin from our lives. And he made us new. And those who believe and trust in Christ and allow him to come in and change us and forgive us and cleanse us can be free and whole even here on earth. But when Jesus comes again, we will be with him forever. And what he does is something even more crazy, but only something that God would do, is he now wants to be with you so much that he pours his Holy Spirit, his life-changing power in every believer. And he makes us clean and pure. And yes, I'm even going to take a drink. Out of that. And now, because Christ loves us so much, and he wants to promise you and assure you that he will never give up on you, he will never leave you or forsake you. He puts his light inside of each person who believes. And that light is not supposed to be dimmed with sin and covered with shame. But it's to be clean and pure and surrendered to God. For he calls us now to be light of the world. That's why we celebrate Christmas. That's why each of us can have love, hope, joy, and peace even through all the darkness and even through all the struggle because of this great hope, this unending love, this overwhelming joy, and his amazing life-changing peace within us. It's available to all of us. And so I'd like to prepare our hearts before we 
take part in an Elevation Community Church tradition, and many churches do this. We're going to stand and light each other's candles, and we're going to sing Silent Night. It's just going to be a special moment for us as a church family and you as you, a family. But I want to just push away, kids, if you hear me as well, you've been awesome. Push away all distractions, and I want you to hear something from my heart. No matter where you find yourself today, this Christmas Eve, 2017, no matter what dark situation you find yourself in, no matter what heap of desperation, darkness, discouragement you find yourself in, you need to know something that God truly loves you and knew you by name and pursued you even before you were a thought to your mom and dad, even before you were conceived into your mother's womb. And God pursues you no matter what darkness you're in. His light shines for you. And he doesn't force his light on you. You have to receive it. And it will change your life. God's inviting you to have a new perspective, a new life, a, be a new creation. He wants you to live his Christmas story, past, present, and future. And I realize, I realize that this time, this season has been a very difficult time for some. Christmas sometimes is somber, sorrowful, and difficult. And my heart breaks for you guys. But again, I hope through this message of hope, love, joy, and peace, you can know that the light of Christ can change everything this Christmas, even through the darkness of whatever you're facing. And I want to leave you with four things, starting each word starting with an R so we can all remember. But if you say in your heart, you know what? I want hope. I want love. I want peace and joy despite my circumstances, then you need to do these four things. And I believe you will start to experience true life change. Number one is to reflect on the good news of Christmas. As you reflect and look into the manger bed, see the Messiah of the world. He didn't have to come. We don't, God doesn't owe us anything. He's God. And he loved us that he came. Focus as you reflect on that. He came because of you. He came because of the depravity and the darkness of your sin, my sin. He came to set us free and bring light to our darkness. And secondly, we need to realize some of us, like myself, have been so hard-headed and stubborn, and I just can't get over myself to receive such a love. But it's for me, and it's for you. It is for you. You are worth it. Christ came for you. And thirdly, we need to receive it. We can reflect all we want. We can realize that Jesus came for us, 
But until you receive that truth for yourself and open your heart to the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, life change can't happen. You want to understand why God loves us so much and if he really, how deep his love is for us? He gave you a choice to choose him or to refuse to follow him. That's amazing love. And lastly, this Christmas and all throughout the rest of your life, after reflecting, realizing, and then receiving the two-way relationship, will you respond to the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ through giving your life and opening your heart, your gratitude, your thanks to God, to worship and live your life for him as his light shines in you and through you. Would you pray with me? Jesus, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for what you're doing in hearts today. I believe for the first time ever, some people are feeling the warmth and the light of your presence permeating their heart because they have reflected on your goodness and your truth. They've realized it for themselves and they've repented by receiving you, the light of the world. I pray as we sing and light the candles and sing Silent Night, that it truly would be silent in our hearts and peaceful and full of joy. God, you're amazing. You're the only God that changes a heart of stone into a soft, tender heart of life and freedom and fullness. And I pray that you would do that for every person in this place and hearing this message on this Christmas. You came for us and we can have hope. Merry Christmas, Jesus. We love you.